0: Welcome to Prevention Intervention, your go-to podcast about avoiding addiction and becoming the best version of yourself. This podcast is brought to you by the Nova Southeastern College of Allopathic Medicine in collaboration with the Florida Blue Foundation.
1: And now, here's your host. Hey, my name is Christina Maskley, and I'm the Grant Project Coordinator at NSUMD. Joining me today is Caroline. Caroline is five years sober. She's originally from Virginia. She's attending Broward College and works as an English tutor for SAT prep. Thank you so much for joining me today, Caroline. Of course. Thank you so much for asking me to to share. Thank you very much. Would you mind telling us a little about yourself and what you went through and what you experienced? Absolutely. Um, So I am
0: 26 years old. I was about 18 years old when I tried my first, um, what we like to call hard substances. So something other than um, marijuana or alcohol, which are definitely part of my story as well. Um but I am in recovery. I've been in recovery for 5 years. I never ever envisioned this for my life. Um especially when I was in high school. Um when I was in high school, I was an athlete every single season. If I wasn't playing sports, I was managing a team. I was part of clubs. I got good grades. Um I had to Great friends. Um, and if somebody had told me that um, when I was 17, that in three years I would be addicted to heroin um, and cocaine and anything else under the sun, I would have laughed in their face and told them that they were crazy because I knew myself and I knew that I would never do that. Um, I grew up with my older brother who was 6 years older than me he was an addict and because i saw him and his behaviors growing up i i said to myself i would never do that i can't understand it and i won't do it um which <laughs> um very quickly changed when i've tried my first pill i was 17 years old i was working at a restaurant and a girl was uh, that I worked with was taking one and it was her prescription and she asked me if I wanted to try one. Um, it was a, a benzo, so it was Xanax or something similar. And I felt um, so relieved after I took that. I mean, that's what the drug is intended to do, to relax you. But what I now know uh, after being in recovery for five years, is that my body reacts differently to other people's. So where my uh, um, my coworker was able to take it um, as she was prescribed, immediately, when I took that pill, I was like, "I need to have more of this." And it was the same feeling I had when I started drinking when I was um, about fifteen. I could put down the drink. I could, you know, just party on weekends. But when I wasn't drinking, when I wasn't partying, I was thinking about it all the time. And um, I just didn't realize that, you know, I considered myself a party girl. So did my friends. Um, And so I thought I thought I would be okay. I, I didn't think I would follow my brother's track. Um, what I also didn't realize was that that's not necessarily entirely my choice because it is my choice to pick up the drink or the drug for the first time. But when I do that, something happens inside of my body that um, it, I just react differently to other people. So I say that to say that once I put a substance in my body, I become obsessive and I can't, I don't think, I don't feel like I can stop. And that is something that is, um, I didn't realize that I had that we call alcoholism an ailment. Like I did not have uh, any idea. I thought maybe I could just take something. And if I liked it, I would take it again. But really, as I went on out of high school into college, I slowly, actually, uh, pretty quickly actually lost control over the amount that I was taking, both of alcohol and drugs. And my life got really, really, really messy, really fast. Um, no longer was I a party girl. I was now the walking zombie throughout my college campus, um, stealing from people, etc. And again, uh, this was not the person that I was when I was in high school. It did not align with my values and morals. My, you know, my dad works for the government. My mom works for the Catholic Church. We, I was raised. To know that to try drugs was bad, but nobody could tell me when I was a teenager, oh, don't try drugs. Um, I didn't care. I didn't care what an adult had to tell me about it. But I learned through my experience um, that you never know how your body is going to react, how you will react to a substance. Um, It's playing Russian roulette, essentially. Um, because I thought that I could control my drinking. I thought that I was choosing, you know, to continuously use these drugs, but really I was under a, um, I mean, physically and mentally, I was completely obsessed and addicted. And it, I mean, by, by, you know, by luck, by the grace of God, whatever you have it, I'm alive today, but, um, many people aren't many people who aren't that I know, Who tried something for the very first time? Things that I tried also, and um, for some reason or another, I'm still here today. So, um, yeah, that's a little bit about my story. And really, the message I have to convey to teenagers or adults or anybody is that if you decide to take a drug or a drink, you have to. Um, be armed with the understanding that you may be one of these people like myself who has this ailment where once we put a substance in our body, we cannot stop until we are forcibly stopped. Um, I wish that somebody had told me that when I was younger. Again, not sure I would have listened to them uh, because I was defiant uh, despite all of my um, involvement in my school and life. So Um, but it is playing Russian roulette and, um, yeah, that's, that's it.
1: Thank you for sharing that. And have you had any specific experiences with heroin and fentanyl that you would be willing to share? Yes. So
0: when I first started using, like I said, I I started off with, um, marijuana and alcohol, And then it moved into pills. And then I met a boy. um, And this boy was, I thought he was selling weed, which to me at that time was fine and aligned with my morals. Uh, But he was really selling heroin. And when I found that out, something inside of me that I didn't recognize at all told me to try it. And it shocked me. It shocked myself because I knew that I watched my brother um, deteriorate. And for some reason, I still decided to try it. It was exciting in the moment. And I tried it with a group of people. And out of that, you know, I think there were four or five of us who tried it. And only me and one other person, the guy who was selling it, got addicted. And so, you know, we often hear that, like, you know, when you try a drug once, Uh, you're hooked forever. Well, yes. For somebody like me, yes. Um, But that speaks to that risk that I'm talking about, that Russian roulette of, okay, these other two or three people that were there that tried it with us, for some reason or another, they were able to stop. I was not. And mm, it speaks to Something that can't so clearly be defined in recovery, we call it an allergy, a bodily allergy. So I have an allergy to alcohol and to drugs, meaning my body reacts differently than other people's. I don't really understand why in the same way, I wouldn't really understand why I'm allergic to peanuts and another person isn't. Um, But I did try it with a group of people. I ended up getting addicted. One other person did. And further experience is... um, you know, as I mentioned, my brother was an addict and he ended up dying of this, uh, of this thing. Uh, he overdosed and he left two children behind. And he also left a um, fiance who uh, at the time was just, you know, uh, she was a drinker, but more or less, I mean, could be seen as normal, normal drinker. And by 28 years old, she had drank herself to death. And that was just this past February. And so I like to say that too, to my friends, to people who I know who are young, because um, I'm young myself and I'm victim to the idea that, you know, dying an alcoholic death is something that happens to, you know, the the man on the side of the road with a paper bag in his hand and um, drug overdose only happens, drug addiction only happens to people who are total degenerates and who have no morals and values. Um, I'm living proof that that's not true. My sister-in-law is living proof that you can, uh, in a matter of a few years, become so bad that it will kill you, and um, it is more prevalent in our society than I think most people notice or realize.
1: Thank you for sharing sharing that, uh, Caroline. And. Cool. I guess just to finish it up, um, you know, what advice would you give to the young folks listening today about staying clean? So, um, I would say
0: just to kind of reiterate that please understand, uh, my, my first suggestion would be to not try anything, right. Is to listen to your gut what is your gut telling you? Is it telling you that it would be a good idea to try this? Probably not. So, but sometimes as humans, we fail, we falter and we don't listen to our gut. And if you find yourself in that position where you are taking a drug, where you are taking a drink and you find that, uh, first of all, know that, that it is a gamble. You don't know how your body's going to react. You might be like me and not be able to stop. You might be like somebody else and be able to stop. That's the risk you're taking. And the risk can lead to death. Um, But also just to understand that um, you're playing with your life. Um, If you're willing to do that, okay. Um, Listen to your better judgment. But if you find yourself in a position where you have started and you feel you cannot stop, there are people like myself. There are thousands and thousands of young people in recovery that have been through what you're been, what you're, what you're going through and can help you pull yourself out of the ditch because we have done it. It is possible. You don't have to wait until you're 40 years old, 50, 60, 70 years old to, um, to get your life back on track. You can do it while you're still very young and have your whole life ahead of you. So that, that's what I would say
1: really great. Thank you so much, Caroline. And we wish you all the best. And thank you so much for being here. Oh, thank you so much. It was so an awesome opportunity. Thank you.
0: Thanks so much for tuning into this episode. Be sure to appreciate it. If you haven't done so already, make sure you're subscribed to the show wherever you consume podcasts. This way, you'll receive notifications as new episodes become available. If you'd like to learn more about this project, be sure to check out our website with the link in our podcast description. Thanks again for listening and remember to stay healthy, stay happy, stay clean. Until next time.